Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. The only shooting stick with one-handed trigger pull adjustments has a new way to keep you at the top of your game. The Trigger Stick Apex. Built for sturdy support that adapts to unforgiving terrain with easy adjustments to make your big shots. With our Durasteady three-piece carbon leg design and interchangeable rock-solid clamp, nothing tops the Apex. The Trigger Stick Apex, only from Primo's. Here we go, boys. Go. Ooh, I love that sound. This is a good one. First of all, I need to address something about your show. Oh, no. We need to change that goose calling in the beginning of it, dude. <laughs> who? Don't tell me who that is. Don't tell me I'm who it is. Gonna, no, this, is, no this have, is my crew, dude. Like, this is what it's We got the like microphones here. I got a goose call. <laughs> You're getting that the fuck out of your intro. <laughs> Ouch. No, I've just been meaning to say that for like so 15 true. episodes or whatever. What is Truth that? hurts. Well, I just... <laughs> well, you know, I got a reputation. I mean, if you got like a show about Disclaimer. like shooting sh clay pigeons, you don't like start off with a guy missing. <laughs> Welcome to Waterfall Wednesday with Nick J, who is not in the opening music. That is not me. No, hell no. <laughs> um, but no, it was the opening weekend for Early Goose, a late one this year. I mean, we did the shooting that follows after that call session was from the one hunt, so it worked good enough on those geese. Just saying. You shot your judges. I get it. But now I'm <laughs> judging you. Um, Harshly. I see it on your face. Yeah, yeah. So, um, oh, that's from an actual hunt, huh? Yeah. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have to change that then. Yeah. Well, let's, <laughs> let's go. We'll just have to do a new hunt this year and get some new uh, new footage. I need better. Good I need better guitar. You know what? If there was an actual guitarist in here, he'd be like, dude, who who is the retard that played the guitar in your Doom, intro ba -doom, ba -doom, this ba -doom, ba -doom. guy i'm not a guitar player so i mean you probably just had to learn a string just to get uh, an intro going right i've actually been playing that song i invented that song back when i was taking guitar lessons like a million years ago over 20 years ago mm -hmm. and just messing around that whole song i came up on my own and then it's just kind of been floating out in my universe for that long and i've always like i tried to put words to it and failed try to turn it into this, try to turn it into that. Like nothing ever stuck until this podcast came along. I'm like, you know, that might be a decent intro. And then I kind of played with it. And I was like, yeah, that'll it's work. crazy you didn't get famous off that, then, by the way. Right. Um, so wait, <laughs> how was your opening weekend then here? Uh, so I didn't hunt Saturday. I had to. Well, I Neither didn't did have, I. I didn't have to. So I pre-fished for a turn of bass fishing tournament I have coming up. So let's just say like the season starts on August 15th for in my world. You know what I mean? Like. 
If you can go to North Dakota and oh, hunt geese, right. it, gotcha. is now yes. hunt, it is now hunting season. Correct. I try to never do that until, and I accomplished that this year, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yes. Good job. September 1 is like my. <laughs> I like how your accomplishment is not going hunting somewhere. I know, dude. Oh, my God. It's like, it's like, do I get a coin? <laughs> but No, you get heat stroke. No, yeah. Actually, I was got an idea. I might go do that next year for about the whole like camping and jet skiing mm. adventure on maybe like Lake Sakakawea or something. But September one, my season officially starts usually in my in my head in my real world. So September one, it started over in Wisconsin, and I started out um, September one by scouting. I just kind of seen what was out there. It was a how many people were really going to hunt on a Tuesday? Not many. Not many. I think I saw. People have jobs. Um, One truck hunting geese on Tuesday. But my areas that I've been in, going hunting in, like, I'm not hearing anybody else shooting. I'm not fighting anybody for permission. I'm too fucking old for that shit. So that's like 16, 17, 18, 19. I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, how about you? Did you have a lot of pressure up in your uh, neck of the woods? Um, not really. Okay, so but we hunted, even though it was a Minnesota opener, and we d- I didn't hunt Saturday, but we did hunt Sunday. Uh, we hunted Wisconsin. Over uh, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday as we record this. How did, was, you, what did you do? A, a traffic hunt or a feed? A little bit of both. Like we had from the landowner was giving us information that there were geese in this field. And then he said, there's a bunch flying over and we've hunted this land multiple times mm-hmm. in the past. And we're like, it is usually there is a pretty good flight line over the field. So it was kind of going in semi-blind. I mean, we're going off of, you know, secondhand information from the landowner, but um, we weren't sure what to expect and it wasn't that great. We had How many did you get? three. That's pretty good. Yeah. So we had, we just didn't, we didn't see that many. We just didn't see that many birds really. And this was uh, yesterday. Yeah, Sunday. The weatherman yeah. was kind of wrong yesterday, and it didn't turn out to be a very goosey day. They no. said it was going to be way goosier than it was. Like, yeah. My buddy went out. Um, he was out by my cabin, and he didn't even have a gun with him or any hunting stuff. He was just putzing around, driving around, and he goes, hey, I got, have, I got permission on this hayfield. Would you, what do you think? I was like, that's in a great area, man. It looks goosey tomorrow. Let's go hunt it. He goes, I don't have a gun. I'm like, we'll just take turns filming each other. <laughs> we'll probably get nine birds. You know, yeah, like, right, I'm kind of right, cocky right. about it yeah, at this yeah, point. Yeah. And then we went out there. It was a cool spot. And uh, like, where is the goddamn clouds? We're just sitting there like getting sunnier and sunnier and sunnier. <laughs> and it was windy too. Really windy. Yeah. And uh, Which at least you had that. And I mean, the wind was out of the, not the direction they said it was. feast. It was, and it was listing east on us. Yeah, so it was the way we had to switching the way we had to set up like there was like no choice but to like the best place to shoot was like right at that house. So that always sucks. We're it's two guys. We've got a lot of hunting experience. We're not going to shoot at the house, but that just limits the amount of right. options you have to to swing the gun. And so we actually let the first flock decoy, and like. Brian won the rock, paper, scissors. You got to shoot first. <laughs> he comes up, and I'm like, we're both kind of like, ah, no, no, yeah, no, yeah. no. Now shoot. And then yeah. they kind of like took this weird swing up over us. I was like, if they. Right if up the, top. Yeah, yeah, the next log does that, that's a good place to crack them. And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah. Sure enough, like five minutes later, like a 10-pack. just They were dancing pretty good in the wind. It was kind of exciting. Yeah. They did the kind of the same thing. And he had my 20-gauge. Clank, clank, clank. All three. I was like, 
Nice. Stone <laughs> dead. Hell yeah. Very nice. And then I'm like, let's go get some waffles. <laughs> I'm done. Let's Before it gets to be waffles. like 80 degrees. Yeah, no doubt. But uh, today, today was a day that I'm really like running through all the details uh, as, as much as I can so I can tell my grandchildren about today. <laughs> well, I mean, everybody, every goose hunter had been watching the weather. And if, if you've been on social media, everybody was like, tomorrow looks like it could be a good migration day. So part of me was like, is this really going to happen? Oh, or dude, you is have it, to is be like, wrong. Is every, yeah, exactly. I'm Once like, or twice a year. So many people are talking about it that I just feel like everybody's going to be disappointed. Could have been. I mean, sometimes I'm just like, hey, yeah, and I'm just so wrong. But um, <laughs> right. I knew it was going to be decent. It would be worth hunting, right? Dude, what did I see? Like eight migrator flocks by like, I can't even remember yeah, what time it was. We heard We heard geese flying in the dark. I heard geese, I was up late last night to like midnight, and I stopped hearing them at midnight, but the wind got way aggressive, like out of the mm-hmm. west-southwest, um, kind of overnight, and I stopped hearing geese, and I go, all right, well, maybe it'll switch by the morning, and then I did not hear any geese this morning when we set, or well, nothing. The weatherman wasn't entirely right, because it wasn't as cloudy as they said, at least where we were hunting, what it was supposed to be, and it was only a half moon that was out, but it was still pretty bright. Like, I didn't need a headlamp to set up this morning. So. Oh, really? I don't think the moon has as much to do with, go- like, goose migration as people think it does. I mean, it helps them see, sure, but they can see just fine, I think, with, like, yeah. zero moon, starlight. Like, uh, And I guess a way to prove this. But if it was cloudy. They cannot see. Right. So that's my point. It's like, yeah. it was kind of supposed to be cloudy. So I think that yeah, once yeah, that yeah, wind yeah. switched and kind of died down, that made it conducive to, mig- to migrating. So maybe they, you know, that was why we heard some early flocks perhaps yeah maybe they were like in a different air bubble and i thought that the front was going to hit today at like 3 p.m and it hit more like 10 a.m it was blowing right away where we we're at but like the actual like i mean not front. like crazy but it, we had a good but i was like decent wind nine or ten flocks deep here let me look at this because i actually put it on my see what time it was when we were at like how many flocks <laughs> 6.50 a.m., flock 7. 6.51 a.m., flock 8. And it was like 6.53 for flock 9. That's so early. That is so early, man. Like, <laughs> I'll go out and, like, just sit a whole day to get nine migrator flocks. And, like, it's not 7 a.m. yet. And, like, Joe had – me and Joe had a phone call at, like, 8.30 this morning or, like, maybe even before. And uh, he's like, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> You know, we we're just yelling of like uh, migrator at each other. I think for right. four minutes straight on the phone, and um, at, I was like, "Dude, just think about it right now." Here, let me see what time that phone call happened at. Like, I was like, "Just, dude, it is um, uh, yeah, eight oh eight a.m." I was like, "It's eight oh eight a.m., dude." He's like, "I know." <laughs> like, oh my god, so I haven't awesome. had a migrator day like this in years, and. We did have kind of a migrator day like this last year, but um, we did because we looked back and um, but, Labor Day, Labor Day last year was when we were shooting migrators. Yeah, but no, no, I, this did, this wasn't uh, Labor Day. This was later in the season, like uh, October. I saw like a mm. mass movement of birds. I broke two goose calls, like calling at them. My face hurt for a week afterwards, <laughs> and I decoyed none. Like I didn't, oh, wow. I didn't get a single bird to even like 
cock its cheek sideways to look down at us. It was hmm. miserable and amazing at the same time. You know, like, yeah, this is an amazing event of waterfall migration that I'm witnessing, and I am so fucking mad. <laughs> but today kind of w- was a completely different story. We happened to be on, on in an area that at least the birds that were flying us over us were getting a little bit tired, perhaps. I don't know. They were really high where we were at. And a lot of people said that like to me, really too. really high. People that weren't as successful. Because there was a really mixed bag of people hunting close proximity to one another as well that had lots of success, like our group. And then the, I knew a group that was just across the river in uh, Minnesota. And they were kind of struggling. High birds, calling at them, no response. And then Joe was in Hutch. And then I talked to a group in Silver Lake, which is like 13 miles east of there. And Joe was crushing, and that group like, oh, we've seen like eight flocks, super high, two miles high, not one mile. No, two. these things are way up there, yeah. yeah Some and, of them are way up there, I should say. And uh, not pulling them down or nothing or getting very little limited success. I'm like, this is weird. Like, um, So, I don't know. I've been thinking about it a little bit today. Like, Probably where they left from. Like, maybe, how long have they been flying? I, I just wonder if there isn't magnets to these geese that they're getting drawn to, right? And um, I talked to another buddy. Like areas, specific areas? Exactly. Or a food source or a water source or they're following other geese. But like there's something drawing them away from those guys that are attempting to call them in. But when the geese are going over like Joe or my group, there's not something drawing them. In Mm. fact, that area itself might be the draw for a reason we're unaware of. Or just that the fact that there's an absence of a different draw. And they're like, hey, look at down there. And it's not just like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. We're going to – we see something we mm-hmm. want that way, though. Because um, I had a buddy hunting near Fergus today, too, and they got one big flock in, so they got a lot of their birds out of one flock, like, at lunchtime. Otherwise, they had, like, four or six or something. And yeah, most of the birds that worked us were small groups. We had so many pairs and singles, but, mm-hmm. oh, man, man. Um, we had a flock of 16 do it, um, and then we had a flock of about 20 do it. We had a decent flock, looked like they were doing it, and then they splintered off, and I think six of them finished. Which is typically what you would expect and call a humongous success. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't call it... Um, I would think the biggest flock that we just saw, like actual like group, was right around 50. I was going to say maybe ours was 40. And uh, I stopped counting. How many of, like flocks 42. of those did you think you saw in that, like let's just call it 25 to 50 range? Um, probably only a couple in that range. We saw a lot of like long strings that were like, like a dozen, dozen, yeah, fifteen, eighteen, maybe somewhere. Th- in there. They're not family groups though. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I've been thinking about this lately. And then we we saw so there was one group we saw that was probably maybe a couple dozen, and they were all together in a you know in a V. It was kind of more like a not a fish hook, but like a you know spear with the barb on it, like the one side. Technically a V, but just like only a few geese on the one side. Yeah, almost like and, a follow the leader. Yeah, and they're going, they're going, they're going, and we're screaming at them, and they kind of start breaking up. We thought, oh, this could be good. And then it's like the back half, they like split. The back half kind of like slowed way down. The other front half just kept trucking, and then they didn't end up working us. Then they reformed that back one, and then they just two separate Vs, and they actually started going in slightly different directions. Yeah, they do that. Sometimes like too, like you'll call a migrator flock down, 
and they're coming down and they just like everybody takes a breath at the wrong time or they just kind of figure out like, nah, not, not this. And they like, um, so they're coming like out of the north or the northwest and they just happen to veer off as they were going east and they just keep going that way. You're like, so it's east? Like, what the fuck? Are you just going to keep going east? I guess so. Yeah, Here's one thing wait. I've been thinking about, um, about when it comes to molts. Um, cause there's a lot of mystery behind like molt migration. Why are they doing it? Where are they going? What draws them there? What kicks them out of their area? Is it a time thing? Is it a food thing? Blah, 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 blah. Here's another weird factor of the whole molt phenomenon. Um, out of all these hundreds of thousands of geese that get born within the lower 48 United States, Missouri, Illinois, Iowa, you can look up their breeding bird atlas and see how many bird count they have for how many breeding pairs of geese they have in their state. Blah, blah, blah. They all hatch eggs, and they all get make hundreds of thousands of little Canada geese babies in the lower 48, which people would call resident geese. Because, But the word resident is a little misleading. What I would call them is local nesting geese because that next year... Well, all right, in around Minneapolis here. How many groups of mole geese do you see in the summer? Zero. Zero, yeah, There's they're gone. none. Yeah, There's zero, and they, go th- they leave about June 5th. And they go up to Canada. Now, out of all these hundreds of thousands of geese that are born in the continental lower United States, 48 states, how the fuck do they all know about Canada? They all go, <laughs> right? they all yeah. go there on June 5th, their following right. year yeah. of life. So they, um, I think a lot of them are brought there by their parents in late summer where they, get, they, they fly north you know, as a family unit mm-hmm. and they go feast up there for a while. And then they make their way back down through the states. Um, but not all of them do. Obviously, right. I do shoot family. Or it's you know, simply na- nature. Yeah, I mean, or you know, evolutionary. So, uh, okay. Imprint. You get these one-year-old birds. They don't breed. They sit in molt flocks. They're not residents, dude. There's no such thing as a resident molt. Yeah. There's right. Only, that's why it's like. That's why they're molts. That's and that's why they're also local nesting geese instead of. For whatever reason, in March, April, this is the habitat they prefer to build a nest on. <laughs> We're gonna sit here, make some babies molt ourselves and get the fuck out of here and then we're gonna go up to where everybody else already went because they're smart right <laughs> but um i don't know i was just thinking about that like that's kind of weird to think that there's zero molts anywhere well and it's like when they first started this the early goose you know it was lauded as like this is going to be an effort to reduce local populations because we're you know overpopulated in, in the state and the metro area and blah 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 and then we start getting band data back from these bands that people are shooting, and they're all Indiana, Illinois, Iowa. I, they're not from here. Yeah. <laughs> like, Those are okay, we're not shooting our geese, so it's not really working like we thought. So you have this increasing population of resident Canada geese. However, there's zero one- and two-year-old geese that are in the United States in the summer. Right. So uh, they're just temporary. Yeah, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Like, so you don't have a problem of increasing population of resident geese. You have a problem of increasing population of geese. And this, like, yeah, when they become right. three years old, they prefer to let to nest in cityscapes and eat the greeneries. And then they probably nest where they were born. Perhaps I wonder. You know, they say geese really imprint to females. They will always go back to kind of where they were born. Males will kind of follow them, and you get a lot of Well, them. we can understand that. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I don't know. It's just interesting to think about those fucking sky pandas. It is. <laughs> sky pandas. I think they're like sky cows, really. I don't know. They're grazers. They're, they're pasture. Pandas pasture eat grass. Animals. They eat bamboo. The bamboo is just a 
large member of the grass family. Yeah. I uh, came home uh, from the hunts, and there's just geese all over Fridley. <laughs> My God, dude. I was just driving around for like a fucking hour, and I got a phone call like, hey, man, are we still doing that calling lesson? I was like, oh, like, oh shit. shit. I've been looking at geese in town for an hour. <laughs> Where do you think they go? Like, where do all the molts go? And also, here's one more tidbit about molts. I read a study written in, like, 1974 about molts that they were um, doing up at Crex Meadows in Wisconsin. They had three different years they studied the molt migration that went through there, and they discovered that, like, doesn't matter. They, they had really different winters and springs throughout those three years, and the geese were nesting up to, like, 20 days difference. Between the years, like eggs, you know, like March 1 to March 20th. It's probably weather related, I would think. The molts always left on like within the same one or two days and headed to Canada. So it's not like a, a weather related thing. Well, it's probably they have a set amount of time, I suppose, to replace those feathers. So it's like, and if you go too late, if you, if you leave too late, that means you're going to be able to fly too late potentially and hit bad weather in Canada. I mean, it's supposed to get pretty cold. Well, I, th- I suppose they wait for the green wave to get up there before they go. Maybe. Um, because obviously the breeders don't show up here and, um, when well, it's green, it's fucking, yeah, they're no, fighting on the ice. Yeah. The breeders get here super early. Yeah. Like February. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm still ice fishing. I'm still driving full size vehicles out on <laughs> the like ice. fighting you like, Hey, this is my ice hole. <laughs> I was going like, to put a nest there. This is my muskrat hut. <laughs> yeah. Right. So anyways, today kicked ass. Yes, it did. And, uh, we got a band. And I sounds like a lot of people got bands today. One band, that's all you get it per... You get one per group. Yeah, you get one per amazing migrator <laughs> hunt. Um, you remember the one we had last year, dude? Yep. What did we get? One. The one. last the fucking bird. The very last goddamn bird. Calvin was that dude's name. That fucking guy. <laughs> Slept in, showed up late, <laughs> then got to just shoot his limit by himself, and the last one that's was a right. band. We just waited for him to shoot. Yeah. And I was... Dude, I was texting people on my way home from the hunt today going... Hey, I got my five today, but um, I'll, still, I'll go call for you. Like, do you yeah. want to go to a local lake? Do you want to? <laughs> I mean, we can go to you know, Carlos Avery's. You know, let's go. Let's go goose hunt. I want to call more. Should have came up. Where? It wasn't too far. We're in Pine City area. Oh, well, how long did you hunt for? Because I just got back here. Uh, Pretty long. We we were out there afternoon. We ordered a pizza. My buddy was crushing over the V boards on a <sighs> lake over by Lindstrom. Oh, okay. That's cool, man. What That's a great a good, that can be a good area. What a great, great day. Except for Joey Vasallo, apparently. Good. Like Joey did not do good. No? Where was he on? Up by um Little Falls, I wanna say. Oh, okay. And then he just hmm. got one of was in one of those unlucky groups because I was this was earlier in the morning. I was like, eh, everybody I know just is it happening for you? Right. And Joey's the first person that responded no to me, and I was like how could you do this? How dare you? <laughs> you son of a bitch. And then, like, that got to me thinking about, like, uh, well, what's around there? What's north of there that's stopping them? Why aren't they, maybe there's something south that's a bigger draw than they are. There's a bunch of lakes up in the Brainerd area. That's about it. I don't know if this is fact, but the way that I, I know prefer. know some grain fields north of there. The way I prefer to hunt mygs is to just, okay, find where a stopping site is. Right. Well, there's a lot of geese usually here in the season. Mm-hmm. Let's go north of that because, you know, they're going to be, like, going to it. And then I try to get next to, like, mm, highways and rivers because they so usually follow those that there. That field that we hunted last year, you and I, uh, the field we're in today is about mile 
maybe two further north and just slightly further west. So pretty much the same flight line. And this field is just gorgeous. I mean, it's just like big, kind of a gentle sloping hill all the way up green as can be. They nice. just cut it. They just bailed. They got all the bales out of it yesterday. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, so what nice. did you do for your hide? Just grass uh, there in the middle? There was a giant rock pile in the middle with really? the old rusted out car in it. And, what? Uh, yeah. That's kind of cool. We just grass hid right on the edge of that because there's tall grass Aww. all around it. Really kind of wanted to hunt. I wanted out of the car itself, but I know I was kind of really hoping you'd say that, or like <laughs> we bought everybody Tyvek suits and painted them into rocks. <laughs> like I wanted something really you like that. Probably could have just wore street clothes. Should have done the foam box, maybe. Could have, you probably could have done anything there, and it would have worked because there was just so much junk and trash and rusted out this and that and tires and everything, and it's basically just a junk pile. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's a pretty dope hide. We should uh, talk about like. Where people didn't do good. Where else yeah, did you, you hear? Do you, where else did you hear people just struggling? We didn't. Actually, I don't really have any stories of people struggling. Everybody we talked to did pretty good. That group that I that didn't get uh, many birds until launch when they decoyed a big group. They said they were in between Alex and Fergus. So it's kind of like two draws. They're kind of in the middle of. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of weird. There's plenty of good area in between there. You think so. This weather's supposed to continue for a few days. Yeah. Like, on and off, decent, better, worse, blah, blah, blah. There's a nice little system coming in that's going to really reset the game board for hunting Canada geese um, in the entire region. Oh, I've seen a group got 61 in North Dakota. Nice. And then, all right, anyways. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of ways to skin this cat, Fox. but, like, man, just leave a spread out. Just If it's safe and nobody can see it from the road or knows it's there... And it's not obviously that's usually illegal on public land to leave decoys unattended, but um, leave it out and just get any moment mm-hmm. you have. Like, oh my God, it's getting cloudy. Just <laughs> you know, if it's nearby. Boogie out there. But uh, some advice I tell people for hunting migrator, migratory Canada geese is what I look for is, like I said earlier, north side of a stopping point, alongside a landmark that geese use to migrate. Also, I'm looking for uh, the brightest neon contrast I can possibly get. That was this field. For my <laughs> goosey coys to just stand out. And then also um, the easiest labor investment I can possibly do. Like, I'm not going to bust my dick to to go do a, a. We put out a shit ton of decoys today just because we wanted to. Yeah. And uh, people. But well, we did have to walk in, though. Why would you do a lot of decoys then? Because we wanted to. We have a sled, and we had a bunch of guys. I used a... Uh, what sucks, it's, this is one of those things, like the farmer, and this was an important farmer for me to get in good terms with for this area, so it was awesome that I actually got permission for this piece of property, but he had two rules, you can't dig in and you can't drive in the field. It's like, dude, this field we're walking on is hard as concrete. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You're like, and the guy that picked up the bales, Dooley. Diesel. No, he did it by hand, didn't he? <laughs> no, he go, hmm, that's weird. A giant forklift. Usually, when they tell you you can't drive in the field, yeah. that means they go out there and pick right, everything right. up yeah. with their hands. Yeah. No. So I'm like, um, okay, but you know, you gotta, you gotta respect their wishes. So, and I definitely don't want to get on this guy's bad side. As I finally got my foot in the door with him. So. Mm, that's cool. Damn it! I had a lot. I had something. Sorry. You fucking interrupted me. I again. did. I did. I did. I'm pretty good at that. Then also, um, I've got like this. Just popped up the biology of molten birds. Um, the how, how timely. 
How it's timely. like a brand new uh, book that came out. Oh, sweet. Anyways. Who's the author? We should get him on. Lucas Jenny and Raphael Wenkla. Feathers are amazing structures unique to birds and for a variety of reasons. I'm kind of bored already. I'm kind of bored I don't already. know if we should get these people on, man. <laughs> we'll have to read it. Read the whole thing. Okay, we were get talking about neon fields. Yes. Easy labor investments. Um, leave the decoys out. Hunt it whenever you get a spare chance. You know what's great about it, dude? It's like we all have this really good opportunity to have awesome Canada goose hunts. We don't have to step on anybody's toes. You know, we don't have to, like, fight over an X field. Um, you just go out to the public land that's nearby you and uh, send it. And, or, um, you know, get on a hay field that nobody ever gives a shit about hunting about. Um, I, think that's still a, I think that's still a hard part for a lot of guys. They, they need to have the they, birds there. Yeah, they didn't see geese the day before. It's a hay field. Like, if it had been a small grain field, they would hunt it. If it was silage, they would have hunted it. If it was a golf course or a sod farm, they will hunt a green field. But a regular old hay field, yeah. they're like, oh, that's just a hay field. And um, you know what else I always think? I always kind of wonder why people do it. It's like, you know, like, or you're very suspicious of an event like this happening. Like, I'm just out scouting. <laughs> why? Right. Why are you scouting? So you can have like absolutely nothing that happens tonight happen tomorrow? Because it's going to be good tomorrow, it looks like. And then you're wrong sometimes. Well, yeah. I mean, that was the risk, but right? some I like scouting. I just like to go and look at things, even if I uh, know like, well, this oh. will all change tomorrow and none of this information matters <laughs> fucking at all. <laughs> well, it matters at some point in time. I mean, nah. how you see it now, well, how you see it change because of a weather pattern may might help you next year. That's true, I guess. No. <laughs> <laughs> information is always good. More but, but information be, is always better than least. There should least, be some like less. at least um, lost puppies like fall, flying around. We like, saw some of that. Like, a little bit yeah, there. we did too. Like where we thought a flock was locals and we shot them and they were all adults. You know, like one-year-old geese. And then oh, people always wonder like, how do you know all those geese you shoot are adults? Right. So you asked me that earlier. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Tail feathers. Yeah, so every goose we shot today, 39 adults and no um, no juveniles. That's a good indication that they're molts. They're definitely molts. Definitely yeah. molts. And uh, I don't shoot juvies anymore, man. Like, I don't go around chasing X fields um, in the summer anymore or anything. I'm, I'm waiting for this. And um, they taste better, too. Like, this is the molt hunting in September is where I get, like, the bulk of my meat supply, and then I want to start, start ban hunting. Yeah. <laughs> so, um I think they taste a lot better, those one- and two-year-old bird birds. They've been eating good stuff up in Canada mm -hmm. all summer. Maybe, yeah, probably, I don't know. Don't have all the stress of a relationship. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know, they don't have no kids. They're just living free. God, doesn't it seem like they're just cocking off to their buddies sometimes with probably. how they come down so fast? Like, it's like not, they like went off to college now all of a sudden, and they're proving that they can take the whole yeah. fucking beer bong at once, dude. Like, <laughs> they, they can come in with reckless abandon, it seems. The only time I've seen ge uh, geese fly like cooler than that is the, uh, the mating ritual flying around in the city, like around in uh, the suburbs here. Like One day I saw some geese up by Northtown Mall, and they were just flying at buildings. It was, it was a mating pair. This is like March. And they're doing like their we about to fuck stuff, you know? <laughs> and uh, so like the gander would drown. They just fly straight at a building and right before he hit it, like just bank straight in the air. Really? And she would follow Can't say him. I've ever seen And that. they started dancing and then they'd go right back down on like the like 
just right off the grass and just go into the parking lot and just like they're just showing off showing off for each other and then you're just like fluffing their feathers just like we are fucking tonight <laughs> them eggs getting seeded um i got something for you but oh i think people put a lot of emphasis unnecessary emphasis on the big spread for migrators um i think we ran maybe eight dozen today um we had to walk everything out as well but i have a honker hauler cart mm. so we just fill up well, the honker if i had the little wheel kit for my otter sled it would have been a lot easier but yeah. i have a, like the giant otter sled and that thing's heavy empty so oh really once you start putting shit in there mm. driving it across grass it's like <sighs> that we put all 39 birds in the honker in that honker hauler and one person carried it out or just pushed it out i guess you could say wow. like Sweet. How many geese? All right, let's say you got a legit long walk, one mile. How many geese can you carry? No straps. They're in your hands. For a mile? One full mile. Without dropping one, be like, I'll get it later. You know how many I can? Four. I can do two. One in each hand? With some gear, too, or whatever. Dude, I always tell myself, I'll get four. That fourth one, bloof, that's like 250 well, yards into the walk. We didn't have a very long walk, and I carried six out, and I had to readjust my hand halfway back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, everybody always overshoots it, but, yeah. I mean, um, that lot. honker holler cart, 39 for one guy. I was like, holy was shit. No, we, we, had, we had a lot. We had, did we run? I don't know. I don't know what we ran, but it was a lot. A lot of decoys. You know, I just think too. Uh, bunch of dive bombs, bunch of the you're shells. running. You're running a risk for the sake of your own enjoyment, and that's fine. It, that's exactly what it was. We just we wanted <laughs> to, we wanted to run it. So geese will run will, will will land all the fuck over that spread coming in as mags. Um, and they, I'm, never be surprised if a goose lands next to your decoys, no matter where you put them. Yeah. If it's behind you and a goose lands behind you. Well, I mean, you put a decoy there. Yeah, they were all. <laughs> we had our decoys in front of us, so that wasn't a problem. They, no, they no. were. They did seem to be favoring. But you can't put out forty dozen within your shooting lanes. Right. <laughs> Impossible. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a little sprawling. But till we go back to like what we talked about on previous episodes, like we didn't do. There was no landing zone. There was no nothing. And we tried to bunch them up tighter, actually, kind of where we wanted to, and they were overshooting it by a little bit most of them we didn't really have any that landed on the fridge i think we had a pair that kind of landed on our outside edge but they were still at like 40 so we were still able to kill those and then when uh, somebody went to the truck and they came back and they're like well now i know why they're favoring that side and i was like why and they're like it's like from the hill it looks denser over here but from our viewpoint it didn't look that dense so they were shooting kind of like our theory of making a bullseye versus a opening they seem to be shooting for the densest, densest part of the decoy spread. Right. Um, well, I didn't set any decoys up today. Um, I just approached the spread and looked at it. And I have my first impressions of it, um, but I didn't say anything. Because I thought, you know, it probably is going to work just fine mm-hmm. today. My impression of it was that it kind of was a little horseshoey and um, a little too close to the corn that we were standing in. Um I actually got a question from somebody like, how far do you put your decoys from the corn that you're hiding in? It depends. If I think those geese are vulnerable as shit and they're going to decoy where I tell them to, <laughs> um, standing in like damn near yeah, like like right. they're walking into the corn. Who cares? Like as if I can decoy them closer, I will. But there is like a, a board. There's a balance where as the cards go more and more into the goose's favor, mm-hmm. they um, get more and more picky about how close those decoys are to the corn. So... 
usually I like to start at like, let's see if we can get away with 12 yards. You know, like these ones were more like six. When I walked up to this morning, I was like, that's a little close. A little close. And then the geese were just landing. Doing it. Anyways. And then all of a sudden, like all those 12 decoys came out of the corn. They're like, hey, we got a dozen more full bodies. Where should we put them? I'm like, where you put those ones? Don't spread this out. Mm-hmm. Like they're doing it right. Um, man, what a fun day. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was like um, <laughs> these young guys I was with too were like just starting to like holler and like get just like <laughs> the fire in their eyes. Yeah. Like it was a fun environment yeah. to be a part of. And uh, I have uh, I had some guy who was struggling down in like an area about twenty five miles south of us, and I was like, dude, get up here. Nobody cared that he came up and joined Sweet. us. That's awesome. And um, he appreciated it. He got to shoot into a couple groups. Yeah, fun. And um. Man, what a fun day. Yeah, it was a good time. So I'm just still high from it, I would it, say really. it's a pretty pretty successful opener, I think, for most people. How did Saturday go, though? I guess I'd have no idea. Uh, yeah, I didn't hunt Saturday, so I don't know. I saw, I mean, just going off of social medias, I guess people killed birds. I think you need to, <laughs> I mean. So on my opener, on two, the first or whatever, I went scouting, and I, uh, I was just checking out some public land. I was like, oh, sweet, I could run a really successful traffic hunt off this public land. I woke up the next morning, uh after not setting an alarm like 30 minutes late looking at the weather i was driving out there i was like dude this is not a good day to be 30 minutes late like this isn't like ah they'll fly late it's like <laughs> it's like this is like oh fuck they're gonna fly early and uh i didn't see a single goose on this like 90 minute drive out to this field i had found not fucking one and uh as soon as i took that right turn off the highway to go down into like the the hunting area i seen a flock i was like that probably means I'm fucked. <laughs> I'm like the whole time I'm like, you know, you always have to be optimistic as a waterfowler. I'm like, dude, I haven't seen a goose. I haven't seen a goose. It's pretty bright out. I'm going to do okay today. And I see that one flock and they go into the X field. I was running traffic on Got annihilated. Ripped. I could hear the thunder through the truck windows. I was like, that was the thing for us today. There wasn't much other shooting around. We had, there was a group to the north of us, and I think we only heard them fire twice. You know why? Because people don't try to hunt migrators. Very few people do. Hmm. I think I think it's getting more common. But like when ten years ago, twelve years ago, when we started hunting migrators and being very successful at it, people be like, "How'd you shoot twenty five birds today? A five man limit by like nine? Sure did. What did you do? We hunted this uh, hayfield. How <laughs> like, many geese were on it? Yes. How many <laughs> geese were on it yesterday? Uh, no, there's never been a goose that's used this field. <laughs> right. They're like, there's like their uh, yeah. The computer They're shut like, off. What? The monitor's got to restart. Does not compute. Does not compute. I'm like, no, they come out of the north. Like, what do you mean the north? <laughs> I mean, like where they went, where they spend the summer. They're just coming back down in the United States now. Like, what? What? Are you talking about? We, so, we, how many geese were in your field yesterday? Zero. <laughs> yeah, zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we talked about that. Like, we didn't we didn't limit out for six guys. We got twenty. But we're like, this is, uh, you know, we're like, this is what's cool about hunting migrators. Like, there was no geese in this field yesterday, probably ever, and uh, we killed 20 geese out of it. That is a success. And then you go to North Dakota in August, and you got a field with like 175 geese on it the night before, and you kill uh, none or four. You like, change fields. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> yeah. what the hell? And you do something like this where there's no birds on it, right? And you shoot like 20 or 39. And um, hey, here's a question: Did any birds in your area, um? Go to an established feed this morning. Like, go out to a cornfield oh. and, like, you saw a couple hundred. How would I know? <laughs> uh, because you have eyes and you were outside. I was, but I was in my field not driving around, so I don't really know. Well, I mean, there's probably fields in the area of your field, unless it's in the forest. 
we're kind of right on the edge of where the field, where four stops and fields start. I, I didn't talk to anybody else who saw the birds like go out to the feed they went to yesterday. I don't think we saw. So the one we had one flock that that came up over the trees to our south, pretty low, and they just flipped us off as they drew or flew right by us. And I assume they were going. I, I assume they were actually locals going to a feed. Yeah. No. Did they go to a feed? Are you sure? Not, nah, not sure. I'm not sure, but they were really low when we saw mm-hmm. them. They stayed low, and they they were flying north. So. Right. We had a few, um, quite a few local flocks, maybe ten. That you could in the same thing, like you said. They come out low. They say, <laughs> "No, fuck you." Yeah. And then they went to actually to a pond that oh, okay. was off the side of the highway, which they like to go there. It could have been a water water thing because mm-hmm. there is a decent sized but all right let's impoundment say you, let's, the direction they were flying let's say you had today's weather um which was what 50 in the morning and then uh it got cloudy in the afternoon i guess and started raining but with a south wind at eight not a north wind at eight and uh you know there's no inkling it's going to be a migrator day you would expect with that weather the geese would go out to a feed in the morning because mm-hmm. it was sunny and then they would get kicked off to a loaf because it started getting warm and bright and um, then probably gone back out feeding again once the sun, clouds roll back right. in and started spitting rain. Um, there was no feeding activity. Maybe there is in this af- this afternoon. Maybe there is. On our way home, I did see... Geese in a field? Geese in a field. How many? Not a ton. Maybe mm. a couple dozen. That's still... What kind of field? Uh, silage. See, silage is not necessarily a feed. Silage is a weird place. It's not like a dedicated feed. Because I've seen geese go like to silage fields like in November and December. The field got cut like three months ago, and it's surrounded yeah. by other tasty cornfields, and they uh-huh. just stand there like they're on ice. <laughs> like they just stand yeah. there like, we just came here to chill. It's an and, open area, I guess. And there's like 500 of them will build in there, and they all doing the same thing. Like just like, huh, yep, what's up? And and they don't even like, you're like, well, maybe they're getting grit for their gizzards. Doesn't seem like it. Doesn't look like it. They're just... Chilling? Yeah. Well, Have you noticed that? Stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've seen them eating. I've, I've seen them feeding in silage. They do before. feed in silage And you're like, fields. there's not much waste grain, but you're like, Some well, of them there have is a lot. other stuff going on, though. There's right. a bunch of weeds underneath there. Who knows what kind of bugs I've got stirred up. I've silage fields that so. were just like corn everywhere really yeah i have but it's not like that you know like it's in november not usually because when they cut those stalks off it's like you know i wonder if that's like late cut silage where it's like dry so if you just shake like a the stalk like corn falls off i think so because i have hunted some silage fields that were like we should not be here <laughs> <laughs> this looks baited <laughs> yeah and um those geese that we were hunting that morning obviously were coming to feed yeah but those geese that uh you know stack up in there in november and look like they're just like uh alert um they're not there to feed yeah, so was... what the fuck are they doing there yeah i don't they could have very well just been um mags that decided to put down there exactly yeah maybe it's, it's possible that field just got cut like two days ago so who could knows, also man. be locals. I don't who know who. Knows. I don't know. I, I don't really have a a good um pinpoint on what is uh, actually going on with those silage fields and what geese are you optimizing their use for. I kind of some of it's feeding. I bet they. Uh, I should say, I f- have a feeling that that field is going to load up by this weekend. It probably will. Which I have permission for. Silage so, is starting to come down quite quite. If a few anybody areas. would like to hunt next weekend, I'm booking hunts. So go ahead and give me a call. I'm booking hunts too, Dale. That a boy. I'm just kidding. I'm not. <laughs> you should be. Why not? 
Oh no, I, I like to hunt for myself mostly. Oh, okay. I fine. like to when, it, when it's when I book guys, I like to just dedicate that to them, and I'm just like it's do, all for the <clears throat> customers. I do have um have booked uh HHO hunt this year, hometown heroes who you hunted with last year. Oh, when you nice. Came out. Yeah, if you cool. want to be a part of that, you're more than welcome to join. That sounds like fun, dude. Um, oh, I could take I'll give you I could that take date. a wait. What day is it? Let me look. Yeah, look it up, Let's man. See if I can figure it out. No, I just. I like, I like, I got this one client and he's amazing and I like to do everything for him and it's called me. And it's called me. But I, uh, when I do the, the client, when I take a paying customer, there's all sorts of added stress and I want it to be perfect. And 19th. I, you know, I mean, September? Yep. Two Saturdays. I'm busy that day. Getting hitched. Oh, all right. That's a depressing way to end this podcast. Just kidding. Nicholas. Oh, wow. You're going to be so oh, wow. happy. It's going to, it's. It's going to be till was, death do you part. It was well thought out, dude. Like all Nick J like stuff. Like all of your decisions. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Is this an, an elope kind of a deal? Let's get personal with Nick J. Yeah, dude. It's kind of an elope. Going to Vegas? No, 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 no. Uh, doing it here. And then uh, she's from Panama. So um, her family's obviously ultra Catholic. And so like, uh, I'm like, she's kind of cool. I'm like, fuck yeah. Let's go do some Catholic You're going to do a big Catholic wedding? Fuck yeah. In Panama. Oh, oh, damn. So that sounds like it'd be fun. That actually would be an experience. It would be cool. That's what exactly You're what I was thinking. You're not going to understand a damn thing, are you? Oh, no. <laughs> Dude, you know what? When I started dating Raquel, when I, when I started dating Raquel, I got a lot better idea of like learning a second language. And it's not a fun thing you do for 30 minutes a night. <laughs> and you get, you get pretty good at it. Fuck no, dude. She would not listen to any Spanish on the radio. She would only listen to um, English. She wouldn't read any newspapers from home. Um, uh-huh. And she'd, all she would do she is just like, went full immersion. go to class, come home, and watch English movies with English subtitles till she fell asleep. And try to figure out how the fuck she's gonna order a sandwich yeah, this, tomorrow. This isn't a one hour. <laughs> this isn't a one hour calling lesson with Nick A. Johnson, where you're just gonna, you know, in one hour Honestly, vastly increase your skill level. When I started dating her, she's like, "Would you learn Spanish?" I'm like, "Yeah, of course I would." And now, like after seeing the dedication and like <laughs> amount of energy and uh, fortitude, I don't know what word I'm looking for there, but just watching her. Um, uh, study and everything. I am so intimidated by it. I'm like, no, you know what? I don't really want to build a uh, fucking forty-seven thousand piece Lego castle right now. You know what I mean? Like, I just <laughs> yeah, yeah. that instruction. Yeah. You know, it's just such a huge undertaking. Rosetta that, Stone, and I did not understand bro. like it was such a a massive, massive, massive project. Uh, yeah, yeah, she, yeah. Those are something you need to learn as a child, but not that you, not that it's impossible, but it's it's definitely I don't know. Your brain's full of Goose trivia, not uh, doesn't have much room in there for a new language. Too much goose stuff, goose, <laughs> goose misinformation, just hanging around. Nick, you're already bilingual. You speak human and goose. I do speak goose. So, um, let's wrap this one up, and then we'll go into the next one, which will be about calling. Okay, sounds good. All right. This has been the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast Waterfall Wednesday with Nick J. Thanks, everybody, for joining. Hey, if you got some uh, waterfall lovers out there that you know and they are not aware of the Waterfall Wednesday or Full Scale Outdoors Podcast, let them know. Share it with your buddies. Keep it going around. Uh, don't forget, if you have a beard, if you're thinking about growing a beard, take care of that some bitch. Go to thebeardstruggle.com, put in code FULLSCALE15 at checkout, save yourself 15%. Thank you again for listening. Whatever your passion, 
especially if it's waterfowl, pursue it full scale. You'd think, with four of us spread out on a tiny island, that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But, as I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. One of the most legendary shows in the outdoors is on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Primo's Truth About Hunting, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.